Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 137. It is Monday, June 1st, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and is Anonymous still relevant? This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. All right, we begin another week of exciting pandemic activity. Um, I'm sure we're all paying attention to the to the world events, to the U.S. events, really. Um, but it has taken over globally now, with events in protesting in Ireland, South Africa, and other countries. In between, um, not a political show, so we're not going to get into that. But um, stay safe wherever you are. Um, Wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this, if you could like, share, comment, or review, that would be great. And if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, please go to Facebook and in a search type in Get HIPAA Compliance. Join that group because we'll share all kinds of HIPAA information with you there. All right, let's jump into it. We do have one software update to talk about. VMware releases security updates for multiple products. VMware has released security updates to address vulnerabilities affecting multiple products. An attacker could exploit one of these vulnerabilities to take control of an affected system. This is um, on the VMSA-2020-0011 page, which is on the VMware Security Advisories page. So go check that out. See if you're impacted if you're using VMware anywhere in your environment. ThreatPost reports NSA warns of sandworm backdoor attacks on mail servers. The Russian spy group, a.k.a. Black Energy, is actively compromising Exum mail servers via a critical security vulnerability. The Russia-linked APT group Sandworm has been spotted exploiting a vulnerability in the Internet's top email server software, according to the NSA. The bug exists in the Exum mail transfer agent, MTA, software and open source offering used on Linux and Unix-like systems. It essentially receives routes and delivers email messages from local users and remote hosts. Exum is the default MTA included on some Linux distros like Debian and Red Hat. And Exum-based mail servers in general run almost 57% of the Internet's mail servers, according to a survey last year. The bug tracked as CVE 2019-10149 would allow an unauthenticated remote attacker to execute commands with root privileges on an Ixum mail server, allowing the attacker to install programs, modify data, and create new accounts. It's also warmable. A previous campaign spread crypto miners automatically from system to system using a port sniffer. The bug was met, patched last June, so if you're using an Ixum mail server, please make sure you are on the most recent version so that you don't have to worry about this. Um, on government, it's govtech.com, New Mexico County government falls victim to ransomware. The ransomware attack against Rio Arriba County was first discovered earlier this week, which was last week. The incident encrypted network servers, electronic files, and databases. The extent of the damage is under investigation. So Rio Arriba County government was the victim of a ransomware attack with significant but still unknown number of its network servers, electronic files, and databases having been decrypted according to a Wednesday news release. While the exact extent of the cyber attack has not yet been determined, what is known is that nearly every county server that has files or databases on it 
has been affected in some way, including the county's backup servers, the news release states. So not good news there because if your backup servers have been impacted, you are not going to get your files back unless hopefully, I don't know, I don't. I never encourage paying a ransom, but if you pay the ransom, maybe you have a chance of getting your files back. On Bleepy Computer, it's been reported Amtrak resets user passwords after guest rewards data breach. The National Railroad Passenger Corporation Amtrak disclosed a data breach that led to the exposure of several of personal information of some guest rewards members. Amtrak, a high-speed intercity passenger rail provider and an ind independent U.S. government agency operates a nationwide rail network in 46 states, the District of Columbia, and three Canadian provinces with 30 million customers during the last nine years. It also has over 20,000 and it operates more than 300 trains every day to over 500 destinations with a revenue of $3.5 billion in the, th in the fiscal year of 2019. On the evening of April 16th, Amtrak determined that an unknown third party gained unauthorized access to Amtrak guest rewards accounts Amtrak Guest Rewards Senior Director Vicki Radke says in a notice of data breach filed with the Office of Vermont Attorney General, we have determined that compromised usernames and passwords were used to access certain, amount, uh, certain accounts and some personal information may have been viewed. As the breach notification letter also explains, no financial data, credit card info, or social security numbers were compromised during the incident. The company's security team blocked the unauthorized third party from accessing the compromised Amtrak guest rewards accounts within a few hours after detecting suspicious activity. Amtrak didn't disclose the total number of accounts impacted by the breach or the type of personal information potentially exposed, but did reset the passwords on all the potentially affected guest rewards accounts. Bleepy Computer has reached out to Amtrak for more details, but had not heard back at the time of this publication. The inner city rail Passenger service also hired third-party security experts to implement safeguards designed to protect its customers from future breach attempts and to confirm that the incident was contained. Customers impacted by the Amtrak Guest Rewards data breach were also offered a free one-year membership of Experience Identity Works Identity Theft Protection Service. So um, take advantage of that if you can, if you are impacted, um, if you're using Amtrak Guest Rewards. <coughs> Also on bleeping computer, Valak malware steals credentials from Microsoft Exchange servers. Classified initially as a malware loader, Valak has morphed into an information stealer that targets Microsoft Exchange servicer servers to rob email, login credentials, and certificates from enterprises. Its original functionality remains so it, still, it can still deliver other malware, banking trojans, Yersniff, and Iced ID but it now has plugins to run reconnaissance and steal sensitive info from the target. Valak evolved quickly since it was first noticed in late 2019, with more than 30 versions being detected in the last six months. New variants of this malware family used in recent campaigns indicate significant improvements and a preference for enterprise environments, mainly companies in the U.S. and Germany. Researchers at cybersecurity company CyberReason determined that the Capabilities in the latest Valak samples include checking the geographical location of an infected machine, taking screenshots, downloading other payloads, plugins and malware, infiltrating Microsoft Exchange servers. Valak hides its payloads, command and control, command and control server details, and other components in the registry in the later stages of the attack. It taps into the cache to pick the tools it needs for various tasks. Campaigns delivering Valak start with an email delivering a Microsoft Word document 
that have malicious macro code inside. Turn your macros off, people. The documents are created in the language of the target. The malware achieves persistence by scheduling a task to run Windows script host and execute JavaScript stored as alternate data stream. More modules are downloaded in the, t in the second stage to expose the environment and steal sensitive information. All of them are available under the same internal name, managedplugin.dll. They are fetched and loaded by pluginhost.exe, and their names hint at their functionality, exchange grabber, system info, IPGO, process info, netricon, netrecon, sorry, netrecon, and screen cap. So those are fairly obvious exchange grabber, system information, IPGO would be your geographical location, process info, what processes are running, net recon, network information, and screen capture. Um, so Valak evolving very quickly over a six months period and now becoming extremely dangerous, including um, already having banking, uh, meaning it can steal credentials. Um, just more stuff to look out for, I guess. And then finally, uh, the title of this show, and um, again, this podcast, this particular episode, I should say, Anonymous Hackers Threatened to Expose the Many Crimes of Minneapolis Police. An entirely unsurprising move, the hacktivist group Anonymous has surfaced to add its voice to those criticizing the Minneapolis Police Department in the wake of the death of George Floyd on May 25th. As the widespread civil unrest escalated, the loosely affiliated hackers released a video threatening Minneapolis Police Department that will that it will expose your many crimes to the world. Now those threats appear to have come to life with online claims that MPD's website was taken offline late on Saturday with problems continuing through the night. Accessing the site today, Sunday, users were asked to complete a capture to ensure there were not automated bots orchestrating a DDoS attack. Anonymous did not claim responsibility for taking down the website, but an account claiming affiliation with the group did tweet, retweet the news it was down. Given the way in which Anonymous is organized as that loose affiliation of hackers, it would only take a self-styled member to be involved in an attack for it to seemingly fit under its banner. There is a really good book about Anonymous, and uh, I think it's actually called Anonymous. I don't remember. I, I read it a while ago, so if you really want to understand how Anonymous works, uh, read that book. Um, anyway, the anonymous video posted on May 28th to a Facebook page affiliated with the group and now viewed almost 2 million times as a montage of news footage and a masked narrator complete with trademark electronic voice. The narration accuses Minneapolis Police Department of a, having a horrific track record of violence and corruption, claiming that the killing of George Floyd was merely the tip of the iceberg. The video goes on to claim that the hackers are acting after numerous MPD killings in recent years. Sadly, in the vast majority of police killings, the only one left alive to tell the story is the officer who took the person's life, the anonymous narrator says. This travesty has gone on far, for far too long, and now the people have had enough. Anonymous has ceded the media spotlight to other activist groups in recent years. Spates of arrest and the rise of other causes have seen t to that. Today, the group is in an even looser affiliation of hackers than it was before, organized to make it more difficult for law enforcement agencies to track down networks of individuals. With an umbrella in agenda, self-styled members initiate and then coordinate areas of activity. As such, to characterize this an overly organized attack would be wrong. That said, if some of the group's members were responsible for taking MPD's website, that suggests the harnessing of a potent botnet in short order. 
the media coverage following the death of George Floyd and what has happened since does very clearly align with the anonymous umbrella themes as Sijak CISO Ian Thornton Trump has said of this, any protests like these become an instant global movement on the world's television and social media screens, making it ideal for an activist group, however loosely organized. The real question is, will protest online or offline make it any difference? We'll see a change. Will we see change? So this was on Forbes written by Zach Doffman. So um, Anonymous is still around. Um, you know, he's, he does write that their affiliation is looser than ever, and they were always loosely affiliated for the very purpose of not being easily captured, I guess, though they have, some of them have been, allegedly. Um, there you have it. They took down the website for the Minneapolis Police Department and threatened to release incriminating evidence. That is going to do it for the Monday edition of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until Tuesday, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.